Do you like wrestling trivia? Then check out the five-star match game, the Pro Wrestling Quiz Show. I'm Joe Gagney, and every episode, I grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia. We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. He is not in the bubble. I am in the bubble. We are on video again for the second week because we decided to keep doing this. I have Chris a music is, stand. Oh, that way. That way. Chris is slightly hungover. Hey, yeah, I am. Loud noises. <laughs> loud noises. No, the I, coffee yeah. is flowing. The Cuervo Gold, the fine Colombian, makes tonight a wonderful thing. I, I, the the great part is I'm still slightly hungover at 4:30 p.m. the yes. next day. Yeah, so I let you That's know what how happens good... when you start getting older and you're not in college. You don't bounce back as quickly anymore. You I had a scheduled week of vacation, and <laughs> I wanted to wrap up that vacation. Some people have a lost weekend. Chris has a lost week when he's on vacation. My friend was in town. We mm. had a lovely time doing more adulty things like hiking on top of the mountain on Thursday. We went all the way out to the Kiwanis cabin, which is like the true summit of the mountain. Uh, and then on Friday, we wanted to rage. And so we raged. <laughs> you know what's great, though, about hey, let's rage. So, you know, here's what's great about having a rager in your 30s. You're like focused on the downside. That's because you're the eternal pessimist. Everyone always says, dear sweet Novi's ever the optimist. And and I look at it like this. No, they do. They all, they're always saying that. Uh, you, re, the liars in the media disregard them. Um, it, what's great about having a party in your 30s with friends who are in their 30s is they actually throw away their trash. Like today I got up, there's like a handful of cigarette butts. There's like a Pabst blue ribbon on one table. Um, I put the trash outside. Everyone saw the trash barrel, went to the trash barrel, put stuff in the trash barrel. This is not my twenties where like the next day I wake up and the whole place is trashed. I, I woke up today. I was like, Oh, it's not total bedlam in here. I mean, I still need to do a little bit of cleaning, but like, yeah, look at the bright side, Hawkins. You're always like, ah, oh, n- n- now that you're, I'm in my 30s, I'm going to be hungover a lot. Uh, no, no, no. Let me, let me state this. In my late 30s, I uh, drank myself into a complete blackout and woke up in my car where it was towed somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> so, so no, I'm, I'm in my late 30s. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
you're probably not trying to drink yourself to death like I was on that night, but no, uh, <laughs> no, uh, it, not that, not not Things this particular, not this people. particular night. I'm, no, I'm, no, no, no. I'm I, very, I, I'm very open about my life, but this was even before Shake Them Ropes ever happened. So don't worry about me, kids. I am perfectly fine now. It was just one of those things. And my uh, headspace is good. Before the show, we talked. It, it's. I gotta take a break until we get to Trium Fest next month here. So well, we're gonna <laughs> oh, yes. have to break pace, pace yourself for your for your wilding out. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, guys. As you get older, you you can't rage every day. I mean, honestly, though, like think you about think it. you can though, because when you when you're in your twenties, would you even when want I'm, to? When I'm a, a grown up, I'm gonna rage to? every day. Uh, yeah, you don't. You wouldn't want to even. No, if you, you don't. Could. Because it would be after a while, even that would get boring. And as a matter of fact, once you get to be older, you hate those types of people. <laughs> oh, the, the party every day types. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh, no, yeah. yeah. No, they're, they're tough. Grow up, you morons! <laughs> yeah, the the Peter Pan types, uh, or your friends who still want to do it occasionally. Do you still well, have those who call you up? Hey, Chris, it's Wednesday, <laughs> midnight. <laughs> want to go to the bar? I don't get those, but like also once once I'm asleep, I am done. Especially right now, if you're like, "Want to go to the bar?" I'm like, "Dude, I have to be at the tram at like six uh, not, not a chance. Like, like there's not not a chance in hell I'm going to the bar right now. I had one of those jokes in my stand-up. It's like, yeah, when you're 20 and you're passed out on somebody's lawn, it's cute. When you're 40 and you do it, they go, "Oh, how sad! How dare you judge me about?" I know, that's ageism. It's a, it's <laughs> its own soft way. Like exactly. That, that, that's what. I once think. again, ageism, ageism rears its has ugly, reared its ugly head. We had, yeah. Judging me for passing out on your lawn, even though I've been doing it for decades. Anyways, getting to the news: the TKO merger is complete. UFC and WWE under the Endeavor brand, so to speak. Uh, all one stock now so your wwe stock has been turned into tko stock kids uh and with that come the comes the bloodletting yes chief financial officer and chief administrative officer frank riddick leaving wwe at the end of september in addition on friday about a hundred employees let go mostly in the front office it mostly if you had executive vice president in your name it was considered redundant but yes Welcome to our new corporate overlord, overlords, Chris. Um, <laughs> I don't like. It's hard to say what this means for the overall television product of oh, WWE. Oh well, then allow me to follow up because I'm glad. So glad you said that. Also, back the big man making changes on Monday night this week. Good That's old Vince McMahon. He was not. He was not live, but uh, back from "quote unquote" surgery. He was at the nat- He was at the stock market, shaking hands, kissing babies, in a god awful looking purple suit. It was actually kind of fuchsia. Actually, it was this light purpley color. It's just God. it looked like he picked it up at like Hollywood wear men's suits out here. The three for ninety nine bucks were like pimp suits from the seventies. They're on sale and stuff. He picks the worst colors for his skin tone too. Yes. Yeah, he yes. he has a real knack for picking very bad colors to bring out his skin. Um, this is the bigger story. WWE, in terms of quality or whatever, the story remains the same, which is if Vince is doing the booking, 
on WWE television, the show is a certain level of quality. And it's not going to ever be more than that. It is what it is. You know what the McMahon formula is. The only thing that changes is it gets older and worse. Yes, he is the man that Ari Emanuel trusts to be the guiding hand of the new investment. So he but, will but be... But if it was someone else, to finish the thought here, if it was someone else, we have a sample of what that looks like. And Raw could potentially be a very interesting place. Yeah. Um, and even despite McMahon's reappearance on, you know, as, as a controlling hand or whatever, I, in watching Raw and SmackDown this week, which I did almost in their entirety, was thinking about how the Judgment Day have really been elevated to like star level, uh, like talent. Jay Uso absolutely, you know, gets a star level reaction. Uh, th- they have actually done a nice job getting some other, you know, LA Knight, obviously, getting some other fresh faces um, at, at like a star level, people who are really, really hot right now. Um, and this is a even, perfect segue, by the way, but keep yeah, going. No, it, it, it's, it's very interesting to consider what WWE could do if they didn't have McMahon still trying to do McMahon-y sort of booking patterns. Yeah, he, he made some choices for Monday, and most of them actually made sense, to be honest with you. I mean, there, there, there are good things and bad things when, when you get with McMahon. Like like the uh, the Jay and the Cody segments were reversed. They were originally going to have like Cody leading off the show, and it turned out to be Jay Uso instead. But uh, this Elevation New Stars is very interesting. Given yesterday, guess who starts chirping again? Good old Dwayne The Rock Johnson is on Pat McAfee's show in Colorado. And it's talking about uh, WrestleMania and uh, how the plans were, quote-unquote, set in stone for him to have been there for WrestleMania 39. But, you know, think plans change, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, McAfee's in town for uh, the Colorado-Colorado State football game, and WWE is in, uh, I believe, Denver or Boulder. I can't remember which one they're in. It is Denver. Been. Probably Denver. Um, for SmackDown, and Dwayne comes back. So we have both of our major ex-stars who have left for Hollywood while the actors and writers both strike. Oh, well, look, there's a playground there, and they're still doing live television. And so we get to come back a little bit. And so that has been making the waves that, well, maybe we're not finishing the story for Cody Rhodes come WrestleMania that maybe there's a chance here that it's going to be Rock and Roman in Philadelphia, which is a very interesting city for for old Rocky. Given if you remember, he he of the man who came out to raise Roman Reigns' hand after the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia to massive boos. That was the year they, I believe, they wanted Daniel Bryan to win the the Rumble. Yeah, the crowd yeah. did. Uh that Cody may not be finishing the story at this next uh, WrestleMania. That might be a main event of uh, Roman versus Rock, and and Cody gets uh, bumped down to the uh, Seth Rollins Constellation Prize World Title. Well, if we go back to what John Paul Levesque said earlier this year, that we're this is a baseball game, and we're only in the third <laughs> inning. So if you start thinking about life in terms of baseball. Next year, it would be close to the sixth inning of life. 
and then the year after <laughs> that would be like the ninth inning and Cody hits the home run. I like baseball. Do you? I hate it. Um <laughs> big fan. Uh of course Dwayne is telling tales out of school because uh he was not uh written in because they didn't think he was gonna be available. So Dwayne is in the Dwayne business. Let, let's yeah, I, I mean like like real talk, I think the rock doing WrestleMania is fifty fifty at best. Yeah. The writer um, strikes if the writer strikes off, he's just gonna go back to Hollywood. The thing about Rock, and I respect the hell out of him. Don't get me wrong. This snark here is is just me being me. But there's a lot of similarities between him and Vince, in terms of Rock just doesn't want to be an actor in Hollywood. He wants to be a brand, and he wants to be respected as a brand. And so, because there's nothing in production right now, and because he's had a couple of stumbles at the box office, the Rock brand isn't uh isn't what it used to be but oh look look at this magical opportunity right now with everybody on strike and what's the one thing that's in production right now my good friend professional wrestling and i'm back i just both he and cena i'm <laughs> i have my skeptic glasses on because of course they're leaving right after the strikes are broken yeah of course they are yeah, and, and, and that's the plan and i get that but you're just kind of like if you're sitting there and you're a current employee while you're thankful that they're back for the eyeballs at the same time, a little grumbly, a little grumbliness probably from some people. Uh, I'll give you another piece of information that came out this week. That's very interesting and very intriguing as to all this. Uh, Beer City Bruiser of all people uh, had a podcast. I forgot who he's interviewed by, but in this, uh, he let go some information that if true, very intriguing that uh, when ring of honor was put up for sale, Yes, Tony Khan was the uh, was the winning bidder, but the man who came in second was Cody Rhodes. I think that's probably one of the reasons he left. If that's true, he wanted to make, he kind of wanted to make uh, Ring of Honor his own fiefdom in his image, and uh, Tony got it and probably told told uh, told uh, Cody, "I have other plans for this," but. Uh, and, and and a vision is surely being executed on Ring of Honor television. Everyone's <laughs> talking about it. Like, like the plan, the plans are obvious. Yes. Although I, I mean, they're doing well, they're doing right by one person on there right now, and the one person that's killing it on Ring of Honor to me is Athena. Well, and here's the thing, shame. though: if you don't buy Ring of Honor, you can't sit in front of a Chicago audience and alternately stand up and tell them that you bought Ring of Honor while yeah. telling them that you fired CM Punk. Okay, he go brought, through the he, steps of that. He brought no, it was a joke about how he like was telling like all like all of them during his like little speech a few weeks ago, like among th other things, like I bought Ring of Honor. Like he made a big like that was like a thing he just sort of said like angrily in the middle of that. Oh, okay. I didn't see the live version. So yeah, yeah, in the live version, he like specifically brings up like I purchased Ring of Honor. Like I it was, I forget the exact quote, but I just remember hearing that go like okay. Cool. AEW per Andrew Zarian of Mattman slash uh, figure four slash everything else. Uh, AEW's probably going to end up on max and their pay-per-views are probably expanding to 12. Um, There's a discussion going on amongst those of us who are in the bubble, Chris, 
mm. about whether or not this helps or hurts Tony's vision for booking. Because as you know, he tends to wait until the last minute to just, he has the matches kind of set in his notebook. And then it's like a week before the, the, the card. Oh, time to start building. Here we go. Does this, in your opinion, help or hurt him? Probably help him because before you can do a three-month story arc, you need to know how to write a four-week story arc. And so maybe this would force some narrative focus on the writing side. Uh, in terms of as a business move, uh, I got to say... Based on, I mean, I don't have all the numbers for everything up in front of me. And I, I'll be honest, I don't care that much. Uh, so a numeric rebuttal won't really have that much resonance with me. But like, from all the times we ever talk about the numbers for this show, it feels like they've been sort of stuck on a plateau for some time now of uh, under a million viewers for Dynamite uh rapidly under half a million viewers for all the satellite products like collision and rampage and all that stuff um they have the big show at wembley stadium but that's one show that's in england um a place that does not get a ton a ton of wrestling and also then you look at all the other shows that they seem to be doing right now where they're running arena wise and everything and you know there's still they're still in Garland, not the American Airlines Center. That's always been a telltale. Like, like you know, just from being in Dallas, it's like, it's convenient for me. In, but C- like, in Cincinnati, which is John Moxley, one of their stars' hometown, they used to really get bigger houses. They were set up for 2800 They sold 2500 So then, like, that's the, to me, the issue of, like, do you need 12 pay-per-view events? Can you, not only can you sell revenue, um, or like, can you generate revenue for those pay-per-view events 12 times a year, but also can you get the attendance to the live crowds right now? It doesn't seem like they have, they only have certain cities where they can get these big houses. Um, um and, and one of them Chicago and that one's not necessarily <laughs> the, they, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah uh i think that honestly like now now i'm thinking about it, that's one of the reasons why tony Khan was like oh i need to go out here like aew without the ability to run in chicago you know somewhat fluidly sort of an incoherent brand they've run a lot in florida texas and yeah. chicago admittedly. right right um, and and they're starting to expand they mean they need to i mean i think they actually really need to go back to doing colleges again um I think they've been trying to get to the secondary big arenas in bigger cities and it's not working, but pay-per-views are a different animal for them because they, while they don't sell out immediately anymore, they are selling fairly decently. Like uh, I believe uh, the forum out here in LA for full gear is set up for 7,500 and they've sold about 6,000. So, so that's not bad. 12 pay-per-views. I think the problem is it's like, well, we'll get good matches, but we can watch the good matches on TV. We don't know if anything major is going to happen because they don't do big angles necessarily. They don't do, you know, you know, once in a lifetime promos if you go out there and watch it, or once in a lifetime, okay, we're gonna be- see something special here on this television show. Yeah, no, week to uh... week. So it's it's one of those things where I think, you know, while while the internet fandom loves them still, and and they they do do well 
you know, overseas and they do do well on pay-per-view the week to week television. And now with a second touring brand, sort of, um, might be too much. I, I, it's hard to imagine. It wouldn't be, uh, you're, you're just asking me earlier, would it help the, I think the opening actually was, would it help the writing? And I would say potentially that, but that's like the only positive thing I could see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't, Look, uh, 12 pay-per-views a year is not guaranteed that they're going to have tighter writing. I just, I think from everything I have seen from AEW this year, whoever or whoever's has been handling the booking of AEW is having a hard time booking in quarter-year patterns. And it would behoove them and help them, whoever they may be, to be operating in three to four week patterns rather than three to four month patterns. Again, how do you use the word behoove, but continue? Yeah, yeah, no, whoever, <laughs> who, whomever, whoever oh. that person, yeah, yeah, whomever. We are an educated and, show, people. Don't oh my God. Otherwise. I went to college and now I work at a tram. I worked at a theme park. I mean, <laughs> I went to college at one time. So yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Um, talent wise, uh, Brian Danielson announcing, uh, on TV that, uh, this is going to be his last year full time as he wants to watch his children grow. Uh, Chris, who would your dream match be for Brian Danielson in this last year? John Cena. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's happening. I I, I think, I think, uh, the rock Dwayne, the rock Johnson, if, if Nigel could be cleared. For a UK show next year's all in, I would have Nigel and. Oh, okay, Nigel so like, there. so like, real answer it, it, and dream match because it's not going to happen or anything. Um, Kevin Owens, I'd love to see Danielson and Kevin Owens go at it one more time. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen. So I, no, I you said dream match. Yeah, no, that's true. I did not. Uh, I did not uh, give you uh, uh, guardrails. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, <laughs> like you know, one last with Kane where they hug it out afterwards. Sure. Oh god, yeah. that'd be that'd be so good. <laughs> Finally has his match against The Undertaker. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Returning on television this week, Nia Jax at the end of this week's Raw. She, uh, the exception to the uh, hiring freeze, because that is a Vince pickup all the way. Um, Also returning on Collision last Saturday, one Jade Cargill to to reappear. And uh, it appears that her last match with AEW was on this week's Rampage, a kind of a banger. Hoss fight with old Chris Statlander for the TBS title in which Statlander retained one of Chris Statlander's better AEW matches as well. If you ha- haven't watched it yet, if, if, if Rampage is disposable as it is with me, that match is, is well worth your time, but it, it enters an interesting question because uh, Jade Cargill has a team that does her negotiations for her and she is repped by Endeavor, which owns WWE. Now, there's a lot of people who say, yes, WWE is the natural place for her, and that's the rumor where she is going. But this, here's what I was saying about today on my morning drive as I went to get groceries and gas, as I do on Saturday mornings, because nobody wakes up before 10 out here. WWE is in an interesting, uh, interesting position for women's wrestling in terms of the wrestlers that they like. Bianca Belair is 34, and she wants to have a kid. So that clock's ticking. Rhea Ripley is their big woman now. And, and by big, I mean they're giant in terms of, you know, 
They say if you have more than one giant, you have no giants type of a thing. So Jake Cargill's an interesting proposition. Now, you need people to feed Charlotte because Charlotte's always going to be a star because mostly because Michael Hayes is still one of the guys who's very, very influential in Vince's thinking. Camille is a, uh, everybody says, oh, she'd be perfect for WWE, et cetera, et cetera. And she's going to be a free agent very, very soon. But again, you have Rhea, you have Bianca. Do they have room for Jade? And Jade wants a big money contract, and that's not the usual NXT deal. So mm. she'd be getting she'd be getting a main roster deal. And if she's in the performance center, it's just basically learn the hard camera. Now, the good thing about going to WWE, if she decides to go there, is they will lock on to her personality. And she has it in spades. She is great. She is a great talker. She has a great presence. She has a great look. She is a great giant in some ways. When you make her do technical choreographed matches, a little bit lacking. Let's just say that right now because she hasn't been doing it that long. Yeah, so the, the question is, can she get from being the ultimate warrior to being L.A. Knight? Yes, pretty much. I mean, can so, she, yeah, can like, she work the main event style in a WWE style Right, well, like, it's like L.A. Knight, um, you and I, big fans, always been big fans of the character work. Wrestling-wise, he is just there. He is like, there. Ilya Dragunov, he is not. No. Yeah, uh, like, but, like, he's a great character. He's very over. He works the style in a completely inoffensive way. And I get, the question is, can Cargill be coached up to do that? Maybe. Maybe. It's impossible. Allow me to state this as well. Jade leaving AEW is a massive failure for AEW. Oh, yeah. No, you don't say. You don't say well, the aspirational well, title run. And I'm not saying you. I'm, I'm like, well, like you know, remember everyone told me, like, this is all going to end well. This is the end of the road. The Jade Cargill experiment was an absolute disaster for AEW. Oh, okay. I was going a different direction. Okay. <laughs> Jade's a star for them. If you watch pay-per-views, if you watch her reaction that she gets because she's playing babyface in pay-per-view, she doesn't play babyface. They had no idea how to use her. Yeah, um, what I'm saying is a disaster. Is okay. They had no idea how to use her. Her title reign was not actually good television, and now she's leaving, and they need her more than she needs them. That's where I'm getting at because she is yeah. a homemade star, and this is a problem that AEW has with. With uh, when I say big, I mean in size wrestlers, and I've noticed this now with with her, with Wardlow, with Hobbs, with Miro, etc. Once you get past the initial monster push, and they have to lose, they know how to do the Goldberg thing where you just win a lot. But once they lose, they have no idea what to do with these people, and so they send them off to cool down. Brian Cage was off TV for a year. And I think this is part of Tony being online where they put a Jade match on and then he he'll, he might go to one of his old haunting places like, you know, one of these message boards that says, so-and-so can't work. And he believes them. Because they want the indie choreographed style and Jade's not going to be that ever. And big guys aren't going to be that ever. They're not going to do Lucha stuff necessarily, unless you're Brian Cage. 
But you and know, then that, is that good? Do, yeah. do you want that? Yeah. And 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 that's that's where that's where WWE comes in and goes, oh, we know what to do with this. And if they turn her into a bigger star, which Jade wants to, but Jade wants to, I think, eventually go into movies. That is just good. That, we took one of your homegrown talents and we just made them into a bigger star than you ever could, even though you pushed them to the moon. That's that's going to drive the commentariat nuts, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, also, it'd be very funny because very soon a lot of them, I think, will start to realize all of the technical flaws and like actual gaps in Cargill's game that the same people didn't notice for the last couple of years. Well, I mean, those can be covered up. I mean, that that's the thing. Is no, no, know. I'm saying they'll be pointing them out now. The, oh, the they will? People, oh, yeah. The, look, the, look at her. The same, people, the same people who didn't notice them for the last two years now suddenly oh, okay. will notice them is what I'm saying. Well, I think they always noticed them. It's just one of those weird things where it's like. Well, oh, no, it's, it's it's are you keeping it real? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, some quick hits here, and we'll see if anything uh, tickles your fancy here before we get to the Lazy River. Uh Dave Brown, legendary Memphis commentator, set to commentate on Collision when they're in Memphis on October 21st. WWE allowing Elias's contract to run out. He is no longer with the promotion. QT Marshall, short-range extension to the end of 2023. Prince Nana has re-signed with AEW. I don't know if I brought this up last week, by the way. Uh, yes, do the Nana dance. Uh, Sonny Kiss was not re-signed by AEW and allowed to leave and uh, Adam Copeland aka Edge temporarily removed from the WWE website and then when it was pointed out that he was removed from the WWE website a couple hours later he just magically reappeared on said website any of those stories merit your consideration Don't think you can do much with Elias outside WWE. I think they they squeezed all the juice out of that lemon you possibly could. You know what's funny is I thought he could have been much much bigger because he I was agree. getting so over. Oh, I agree. And, they never they wrestling... never really pushed him as a baby face the way they could have. Like, yes, and, and that it, whole yeah. multiple people from his family he was playing yes. was a oh great God. great story. Oh. And no, let, let, let's just say this, Elias, not anything major to write home about in the ring. Okay. I will say that, but the fact that like Dave would say, Uncle Dave would come out and go, you know, once he stops doing the promo stuff, you know, he's kind of useless type of thing. I go, I don't believe that because you don't have to be a good wrestler. You just have to get over with the fans. We That's are all you're talking to... about LA Knight right now. Yes. They're basically the same wrestler. Like Elias and LA Knight. That's actually true. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're the same wrestler. Uh like they, they 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 got get by a character and it's good characterization. I want to be really clear about this. I like Ezekiel in particular a ton. La Knight's always good on character work. Uh, you liked Ezekiel, the yeah. clean faced, yes, warrior, yes. <laughs> oh, I couldn't stand that character at all. No, <laughs> the, especially the first week when he worked like the ultra like the whitest um, white meat baby yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, that first week was hilarious. I wanted um, the third brother though from the picture. Right, that's what I wanted. Elrond, uh, yeah, Elrond, no, no, yeah. Elrond, yeah, no, I know. Like, like the, the faces, the faces of Elias, I'm all about, or like the family of Elias. Uh, no, um, I like him. Uh, he is a good character. I mean, you know, we 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 say it might be the end of the road, but like this guy, if he's got character ideas, could keep going for a while here. Um, and 
for AEW's party, it might be relatively cheap to get, you know, to add into their mid card. They have like 25 million hours of television. They're trying to do 12 pay-per-views a year. <laughs> you know, he, he's one of those guys you can repackage as a completely different character and nobody would oh, ever realize that. No, and no one realize it. No one would care either. Like, no one would be yeah. like, be Elias again. You know, like, yeah, like they would be totally fine with it. Yeah. Uh, so heading into the lazy river of wrestling criticism, whatever we watch, whatever we saw, whatever we want to talk about is here. I'll give you some numbers because they were actually pretty good across the board for almost everybody. Raw, of course, down a bit because of Monday Night Football. But the Football. ones that the ones that stand out, eight hundred and fifty thousand for NXT, headlined by one Becky Lynch, eight hundred eighty eight thousand for AEW Dynamite. 0.31 mm. in the 18 to 49 rating. The um, Wednesday night wars are back, baby. Well, yes. Even though one's on Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> collision is a uh, collision was of course down, but uh, not as down as, as one might think, but you know, college football is back. Chris, where would you like to start on the lazy river? I'm going to start with this. In the dragon off has been quietly over. No, no, no. Awesome. This is, yeah, he's awesome. awesome. He's awesome. awesome. That's where he's I was awesome. Going, but go ahead. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm going. I, I like he is having these like poorly formatted matches in the sense that like they, they're putting these commercial breaks at the absolute worst yes. times and like just like chewing up like 80% of the match, and then you skip ahead to the final 20%. And Ilya Dragunov's his cells, his extensions, the way he all these moves look so vicious. His cells look so good. He is wrestling at such a high level every time he gets hit it looks like he's in a car wreck and every time he hits you it looks like he's murdering you though yes. that that uh, he that forearm is completely convincing as a as a finishing move he is he's doing just, banger after ba sure. and he's doing them with guys who i mean look wesley's great let, let's not let's not but no uh, no he's getting good dance partners but well, well no 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 but i was gonna go uh who is carmelo's second Trick, uh, trick 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 williams had the had the match of his career against Ilya Dragunov. um you know braun breaker is having the match of his career against Ilya Dragunov. uh everybody on that nxt roster should be knocking on Shawn michaels door and going give me a match with Ilya, please yeah. is the i may drive out to bakersfield to watch Ilya versus carmelo i am thinking about it he's um, having a career here it's, yeah. it's 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 really sneaky like like he is he is having as strong of an in-ring year stateside as anyone I can think of that I've yeah, been if, watching. If he wasn't on NXT, he would no, be getting a lot more consideration for, you know, your year-end nerd uh, ballot. Yeah, and stuff right, like right. That. No, no, he's he's like on like like trash TV, but got like, damn, dude, like he. He's just, the one thing that keeps me watching NXT. I know. I, every time I'm like, oh, it's a Dragon Off match. Oh, I gotta watch that, and then like I start watching him, just like. God, he's doing everything in such a like the promos aren't bad either, but like the in ring work is it's intense, it's great. I I totally concur. Um I am going to go now. Uh oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I it's, think, unless, you want, unless you want to talk me, more no, about no, Ilya. No, no, no. Find me on Instagram, Doctor. No, 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 oh, no, no, oh no, you no. oh you want to do more show. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, okay. <laughs> my turn no 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 I, I just thought like we, we had the, the we had we had the talk about dragon off okay. good show everyone That's good. Yeah. yeah good show see well, you next week we're on top instead of yeah, yeah no things. i everyone always says we're downers and i'm like if we if we just end on dragon off 
what what can you say who's gonna uh, hate that i will i will find more poly positive things to talk about in, okay in, in, okay in this week's wrestling I'm not gonna do it now because i really want to no. go after this mjf promo on dynamite which i loathe i understand people lo- like it a lot but it goes to a bigger issue i have with mjf's push and it, the la night discussion is somewhere in here if you want to go there I think he basically did the the Scott Steiner Samoa Joe promo word for word. I'm not Almost, sure about yeah, it was, that. It's it like nearly word for word. He he memorized large stretches of it for sure. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is not a good look for your champion to do somebody else's promo, even though it's an internet reference. And it's an internet reference to a, sh- to a company that nobody watched. And we, we, I mean, the, not we, the, but the royal we in the, especially in the locked in wrestling commentary community, snark on LA Knight as some sort of rock slash Steve Austin clone because of his delivery. But he's doing his own material. He is a character that's original, even if he has some takeoffs and has some delivery homages, shall we say, but he's not doing somebody else's work. And it gets to me to be a problem with AEW in general in terms of the whimsicalness. I called it Wes Anderson wrestling last week a little bit. Um, Before I got into wrestling podcasting territory, some of you know I had a cup of coffee writing television, but I also had a cup of coffee in advertising. Um, took a trade program out here. Didn't catch on because I was a little too old to get a junior writing position, but I did get to work on one ad campaign uh, as a consolation prize because back then you'd, you'd get paired up with art directors and all the art directors I was paired up with as a copywriter were like 22 and they wanted to do the cool thing and they didn't want to be saddled with the old guy who was very good, but you know, wouldn't get them anywhere in their career. Okay, great. But um, one of my teachers there who worked for uh sachi and sachi which is a big advertising agency there said something that i eventually took to my improv teaching and i mostly agree with and i'm going to throw it out to chris here as well is that clever can be the enemy of smart and i think that is my problem right now with mjf um in terms of his world title run and and especially in terms of this promo This promo is an idea that you pitch it in the room and it sounds very, very clever. And people laugh and go, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was great. And the people who are in the know will know all about that. But is it smart? Is it good? Does it get you to think? Does it get MJF over as a product if this is advertising and promos are products? Because, trust me, those advertising people, this is around the time when uh, the Doritos crash the super bowl ad contest came up 
and they crowdsourced advertising to normals. And those people looked at that and said, all of these ads suck because they're sketch comedy with a bag of Doritos in it. And they do nothing to tell you to make you want to buy Doritos. They are just Doritos with a punchline wrapped around it. Your mileage may vary, but the clever is the enemy of smart really got to me because there's a lot in television right now that is self-referential. There's a lot in various forms of media. We call it member berries sometimes, but it's, it's clever. And it keeps those products from being all they can be because they're not smart. Chris, a rebuttal. I didn't hate the promo as much as you. Okay. Namely because the Scott Steiner math promo, I do find like delightful Uh, in particular, the numbers don't lie and they spell disaster for you. Uh, it's just this quality. This it's a great line. That's a great line. And it's Scott Steiner's. I know. I, I, I I'm aware. And, and so now I'm going. I'm going to go and speak on that. I, I mean, this for me. The the we, we've talked a lot about this issue with MJF's title reign and his presentation. And the thing that I was more hung up on was like a teaser graphic for the main event with Samoa Joe on one side, and. Roddy Strong in a neck brace and dorky glasses on the other side. And like, this is, this is our Roderick Strong that we get on this show. And I, 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 my issue is not, you know, of course there's room for a dorky Roddy Strong and a neck brace and glasses. He shouldn't be in the main event picture. Uh, The main event picture is so weird and like, I, I, Roddy looked like Man Scout in that picture. Yeah, he looked very, <laughs> he looked very silly. Uh, I don't really know, like, what is MJF? Like, is he a baby face? Like, I, you know, like well, he's just like a guy. I, I, I don't know how to feel about him, and so I don't actually feel much of anything about him right now. Like, I, I wouldn't want a guy coming out there and trying to do a Dusty Rhodes hard times promo. You know, sure, that, that, sure. That, that's basically my my thing. I get yours as well, and I agree with it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't under I, – I thought for certain on that – like the Joe Roddy match was spectacular, I thought. I really liked that match a lot. It was hard-hitting. It was – especially by Joe a lot. The post-match thing eh. – <laughs> uh, Roddy, I, I know. It's just like – is this making Cole look better? Is Adam! this making him... I'm like uh, I, uh, I know people laugh at that. Okay. I laugh at it too. Do I want it carrying my company necessarily? That that's where I'm going with that, I think. I mean, and everybody will go, yeah. oh, you're old. Ugh. It's you just know? this is not a main event program. This that's is a I mid-card program and a mid-card storyline that is the main event arc of the show. Of three shows, really, at this point, like, yes. like, like this is this is the the heart of what AEW is right now. Goofy Roddy Strong faking a neck injury, Adam Cole as the uh, girlfriend stuck in between, and 
the, the girlfriend, the, the, the decent girlfriend stuck in between two lousy guys. Um, you have MJF as one sort of lousy guy, and then Roddy Strong is another sort of lousy guy. Yeah. <laughs> and Adam Cole is the girl in question. Yeah, yeah, Adam, Adam Cole is the girl caught in the middle. Yeah, yeah like, like, and that's their main event angle, Jeff. Like, that's that's it. Like, that's that is it. it, it Nick Bockwinkle, this is not. They've turned Adam Cole into she's all that. <laughs> you remember when Chief J Strongbow was caught in between Ric Flair and Nick Bockwinkle in an old AWA angle for the title? I just I can't decide. I don't know who's my real friend. Yeah. Wahoo, Wahoo and well they've had that kind of but it was before a major heel turn and one was a baby face and one was a was was a legitimate baby face and one was a legitimate heel because you had uh Wahoo McDaniel getting courted by Tully Blanchard to be in the awesome twosome and, and at the same time he didn't like Tully but Tully was willing to give him a title shot one time Rick Flair wouldn't and Flair's like oh come on you're not like this but I mean he never had any like he was never like huh who you know any moral quandary yeah. about it or anything like, like that? Do I care about titles or friendship more? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Wahoo McDaniel being <laughs> hmm, contemplative. <laughs> no, Wahoo was drunk at a Bennigan's or something. <laughs> I it I this is just uh, we said it before. I'll say it again. This is not a main event angle, and this is really emblematic of like AEW's in my opinion, booking problems that like you this week, the advancement of the plot was referencing uh nearly like 17 year old, uh, almost 20 year old promo from Scott Steiner. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I love when Bret Hart says, who are you to question El Dandy? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I will reference it. No one gets the reference. It's just there's a difference that, between a yeah. reference and a trope. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, the birthday cake celebration that goes awry for the heels. That that's a, that's yeah. a wrestling trope. It's not necessarily a, uh, you know, it, it it's not the same thing to me. Well, and also this is such a good joke. Why hasn't it been made any time in the intervening years with any of Samoa Joe's opponents? I mean, it probably has been made once, but like, if this is such a good piece of writing and business, why hasn't it been done before? Right, exactly. Uh, your turn, sir. Um, boy, uh, so we talked dragging off. Um, I kind of like what they're doing with Jey Uso on Raw. Like, the, 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 that he, his, he's got to like find his way kind of back into the mix of things. I like that they haven't, uh, embraced him as a complete and total baby face. Yeah. Some I, of do characters. I do. I think yeah, that's a yeah. smart move. He has to kind of learn to get trust. My only one concern is the moment he loses a big match, main event Jey Uso is no longer main eventy. That's that's the weird thing about putting that title on him right now. Is if he has a title match with anybody and he loses, he's no longer main event. He's got to win a title. I, I I do I do think that like it it means needs to be like a mid card title, but like maybe he beats Gunther. Oh man, I had not thought of that. On my uh, on my scorecard, it's not the worst idea in the world. But man, Gable 
<laughs> I love there, no, man. I I know, I know, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like him beating him beating Guther in a main event would actually really do quite a lot to solidify Jey Uso in this upper mid card position. There's a case for it, but I, yeah. I'm also with you. I I want to see, especially after this week's uh, SmackDown or whatever. I I, I want to see Gable beat. Gunther, I, I, that, that, okay, I'll do one more too. Championship celebration with Gunther, um, and, and Imperium and Gable coming out. I loved, I thought that was really good. Yeah, like, like, yeah that, that was, that was actually, that it wasn't ironic or cheeky or self referential or it was, it was just like, good. it was an actual celebration. Of yeah. course, it gets interrupted. And, you know, it's a very famous WWE trope. So they do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. And look, Gunther deserves it. He beat the honky tonk man's record. He needs the honkometer. That's what I want. I want Gunther to say honkometer just once. I want um uh this uh Kaiser, Wolfgang Kaiser or whatever. I want him to do the honky tonk man dance at least <laughs> once. And I just hope they don't turn on Giovanni uh Vinci. I really I, I like that guy so much and he adds so much to the act. But uh he he is the red shirt of the <laughs> crew at all times, and that always goes well. We're done beating him. I mean, you bring up Ilya and put him in there easily and eventually turn him. But, uh, yeah, I, I do like me some Giovanni Vinci. Uh, I'm going to get flowers to uh, Becky Lynch because she's great. Um, that match with Tiffany Stratton was better than I had any reason to be, especially given that they didn't have a lot of time to uh, rehearse as they usually do in NXT. Uh, don't get me wrong. There are issues sometimes because Becky, uh, Becky has that John Cena problem where she's yelling spots and you can hear it on the mic sometimes, but man, both her and I mean, Tiffany Stratton for her level of experience. She's a great champ. I think they put the title on her to try and sell out Bakersfield, um, which is the big NXT event next week. But uh, I really enjoyed that Becky Lynch Tiffany Stratton match quite a bit, and I think uh, look, I know I know it kind of bothered Becky Lynch a little bit um, just from talking to different people that she never got a shot with the NXT title, and you know it's always nice. Hey, I can now go back there and say I was an NXT champion. Hey, you're helping the kids somewhat, I guess. It, it's just kind of there. There are things that I like about it, and there are things I don't like about it when you when you bring the main event people back there because it's kind of like i'm gonna it's, it's almost like a bullying move like hey i'm bringing the biggest women's star in history possibly who main evented of wrestlemania to come and beat the performance center champion <laughs> but it was a good match it was fun yeah weird to tap the brakes on tiffany stratton so quickly i think yeah. this is actually just kind of part of their Part of their way of doing title changes now, I have seen sort of a booking pattern, like a bit of a pattern here, where it's like they want to get, they don't want to like lose, have someone lose bad. So what they do is they bring in someone from the upper promotion to yes. come down and beat them. But the problem with that is that it then reminds you that everything in NXT is bush league. Yes. Uh, this is this has been the real dual edged sword. Yeah, you get some good matches out of it, sure. I mean, who among us doesn't love Dolph Ziggler as NXT champion? But <laughs> oh man, I forgot about that. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, my my favorite NXT champion. Well, uh, and, and then you combine that with uh, Baron Corbin losing to other guys on right. the roster, and it's yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of a, it's kind of a weird way of vision for how to book this thing. Um, but also, then when Baron's down there and talking about all his big accolades, so like Braun Breaker or uh, Von Wagner or whatever, too, it's like. I don't know. I I think it makes the whole universe seem a little more small potatoes and big potatoes okay. uh, to me. Yeah. Um. Even, even you know, you bring down Butch again. Uh. Does that? Who does that help? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I I have no idea who that helps. Hey, remember when I wasn't Butch and I was having bangers with uh, with uh, 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 uh Tyler Bate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's now like a yoga master? Yes. Um. So, but like, I think Stratton they should have done more with her. Um. I think she might just win this back in Bakersfield. She might on, very on, well on, on 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 No Mercy. I mean, it's it's a big premium live event. It gives them a chance to elevate her. If she does that, I mean, she it, wins the title from Becky Lynch. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Yeah, I I, I can definitely see that. Um, that's an, that's an interesting move. It's just like I I I just don't know. I I don't know that this helps like like, it doesn't make nxt closer to black and gold like the good stuff no and but but it's it's also just i'm watching roxanne perez who i think is the one i think she is great i think she is she's the pure baby face that wwe looks at and they go i have no idea what to do with that even though it's millions and millions of dollars see bailey um (laughs) and she's talented and she's down there doing mean girl bechdel test crap and it's just I'm just like, no, <laughs> they don't know what to do with her because they don't want to bring her up to the main roster, but they don't want to put the title on her either. And you're just like, okay, great. We're going to let her sit there and get cold. Like we did other people like this, like Tyler Bate, you know, she's too young to bring up, but she's, you know, too pure to, <laughs> they do. If they ever turn her heel, my God, what are we doing? Uh, Your turn. Chelsea Green huh. remains like very entertaining in her role. Yes. Like, she's just a, yeah, she's just another person who hey, she's got a role and she crushes it. She does a really good job. Uh, like, like she's she got her stuff down right now. She crushes it. She is willing to take a beating, which I respect the hell out of. She's willing to do anything. And that's and it's it's so funny that at WWE. WWE loves to cut her. I don't know why. I, I mean, man, I, 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 I gotta tell you, this year has been a very strong year. Like Dragonoff and Chelsea Green might be my like two most improves or something. But she's always must watch when she gets in these du- poorly written, you know, or poorly conceived skits at times. But I mean, they're 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 dumb, but she knocks it out of the park in them. Yeah. No. I. I, I mean, she was really. It's a dumb skit with her and Shayna and Piper. She's very good in it, though. Speaking of dumb skits, NXT High School is back, and I could not be more excited. Yes, because because Thea Hale is far too young to drink. We can't have her go out to a bar, even though she's being a bad girl with Chasey Jane. So we go right to the NXT kitchenette, which is dressed up like a club. We got to stop here, though, real quickly, because what happens in this scene, the violence in this scene really only makes sense 
if there has been drinking involved. And it doesn't yes. excuse it doesn't excuse it. But like there's a difference between getting into a drunken fight and having a psychological level rage <laughs> problem where you can fly into a blind rage and commit assault and kick <laughs> someone in the nuts yeah. just like out of nowhere. Like it's one thing it it's not good. Again, not good at 1.30 a.m. after you've been doing shots of Jack all night. But like that's one context. It's crazy if it's 9.30 a.m. and you're at the grocery store and you're kicking someone in the nuts. Well, who among us? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I just need to get to the ribs and they need to get out of my way. Well, well, we'll go even one step further. It, you know, it's one thing if you're at the bar and it's 1.30 at night. It's another if it's 7.30 and the Blue Blade special crowd is at Applebee's with their watered down you know, <laughs> Hawaiian punch shooters or whatever they're doing out there. It's it's one thing to get into a fight in the parking lot oh, of the bar. Ribs should not be worthy of a nutshell. Getting into a fight at the Golden Corral is a totally different context. Look, you were spending way too long at that chocolate fountain, and I got a problem with that. I love sticking my fingers in that. Kick you in the nuts. Boom. There you go. Uh, yeah, it. Uh, I I mean I get that it's like a world of wrestling and stuff, but like I, I was like watching this and like. This is a very cringe segment. This is a very awkward and like weird segment. But all of them are that see, that's what they need to make canon in NXT is any any scene shot in the kitchenette area. Cause I remember the uh you remember the uh Murphy and Blake and Alexa Bliss promos that were supposedly uh that were supposedly uh taped there when they were all just kind of hanging out when it was still NXT high school back then. Hey guys, um mm. <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh yeah, those were awkward as hell too. And like that movie, like Indy, people were like Indy Hartwell would meet people and stuff. <laughs> it's just yes, every everything in the kitchenette needs to be awkward. That should be the rule. Yeah, no, I also want all male and female dating interactions on this show to be done in the strain. Like, I want all the men to come off. They are. Yeah, not no, I know. They're doing a great job. The men aren't coming off as creepy. They're coming <laughs> off as weird NPC, like, robot characters. And I love it. I'm they're so here off, for them. They're coming yeah. off as all men were raised in their basement and had yeah. never met a woman before. They were all homeschooled. Uh, and then they end up going off to this camp called NXT. Oh, look, a girl. Hey, JC, I I see that you're hanging out here in the kitchenette area. You know, I was reading a magazine earlier. Do you like to read? We should go and get some food sometime. Good to see you, too. Do you like to read? And then we're going to do something that has absolutely nothing to do with reading. We're going to go out to eat. And then, then like, JC, yeah, JC Jade, like, throws, like, water in your face for this. Yes, and and Thea Hale kicks you in the nuts. No, I I mean, it's it's great. Like, the men are, like, weird but not creepy. And the women are, like, absolutely, like, psychotic. And that one guy, it's like he read a Cosmo article. It's like, you know what? What you should do is like comically insult one of the women in the party, and that'll make her like you more. It's like, what are you here with a little girl or something? Yeah, what do you uh, right? Is that your daughter, JC? She's acting really strange, but she can't even drink. <laughs> uh, you got anything else? I got one more. If, if you don't, um, I'm 
trying to think like uh judgment day on raw continues to be real strong yes uh, yeah um even I, jd mcdonough's parts of being the the wannabe yeah no like it, it the transition of making judgment day like uh the sort of main focal point actor or whatever and even sort of the whole like we're bigger than the bloodline stuff i like it i i i i i can't believe like it's kind of like the bloodline thing. I'm still kind of in awe that they've got me to completely come around to the Judgment Day stuff. Um, and it's not just like, oh, Dominic Mysterio has nuclear heat. Like, Rhea Ripley. Um, These are four I, people with interchangeable relationships with one another and a fifth person who everybody has a different feeling about. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually complex for WWE, which makes it scary. I know. Um, <laughs> it, 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 they, they've done... They've done writing that actually kind of like works on layers and stuff this year. And like, it keeps things interesting. It does. Um, in, in a way that, and they have like multi-month arcs and that does keep things interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like things are just changing or turning one way or the other. Um, did we already talk about Blackpool combat? Did we talk about Blackpool combat club being baby faces on the air? Or did we talk about that off the air? We talked about that off the air, but if you'd like uh, to do that now, yeah, I yeah, I, I mean, yeah, like this kind of gets to, I mean, it's, it's like, this is a tangential thing. I don't have a big rant on this. It's just like emblematic of the AEW mode of we're just turning people. We're turning Starks. We're turning the Blackpool combat club. We just turn, turn, turn. And it's not fun. It, like, like, like the, 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 you know, you, it's, it's fun. And Moxley, to Moxley is still a heel because he's going up against Ray Phoenix as well. Right. In some ways. Right. And, and so that felt like almost a situational week, one week change because they're in Ohio. Um, and they, like they wanted to just have Mox be really over, but I think that's also silly too. Like, you know, don't, don't turn them for one week just cause like, and and it's not the shades of gray thing that people think it is. It, it's it's really no. Ryan Danielson was brought out as a super baby face, the American Dragon, to face Ricky Starks. So the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club went to save him from a beating from a heel, and then became baby faces. But then once they got backstage again, they're they're kind of heelish in a little bit of a way, and they're kind of yeah. It, it, it's it's a little bit mixed messaging. I would agree with you there. Yeah. Um. By the way, on that point, Big Bill much improved yeah god i love watching him work now yeah, i just like now. watching big guys who like do big guy things occasionally no he he absolutely works as this you know big man character yeah you know I, no notes yeah i have one last thing on sure. this lazy river that's near and dear to your heart probably um and this comes from collision from last week but it's a general note about wrestling and especially American wrestling, us ugly Americans type of thing as we watch it and stuff like that. Is that companies now since 1995, 96, we need to do something about treatment of masked wrestlers. Because as much as we like luchadors in that first hour of Nitro, as much as we like the random luchador match on AEW Dynamite, as much as we like the Lucha House Party occasionally on, on WWE, most American fans right now have been conditioned. They're geeks. 
They're always geeks. Unless you're Rey Mysterio, you are masked, a geek. Masked guys are jobbers. They, like, like they're, Axiom's yeah, a jobber. That's yeah, masked guys are jobbers. No, it is kid. very, it is very much. We've gone back to the 80s. We've gotten back to like the mass jobber of the eighties. Well, the mass jobbers were at least interesting sometimes. I mean, you could do things with masks, like you'd have the James brothers or, or the James boys, or you'd have the midnight rider. And you, and even in the early eighties, you had, you know, the Mr. Wrestling twos, you had the assassins. I mean, you could push guys in masks, but now, I mean, and of course you did have mass jobbers because you had guys getting double pay. So that, they, you know, get paid everybody. You know, you had Gene Legan, wrestling a squash match getting beat by you know somebody and then he you know put on he'd be like thunderfoot number one and then you know and then he's he's a, he's a jobber again but yes they, it is now and it doesn't matter that they get like a showcase ma- like commander or whatever we need to have a masked guy win something it would help and if they soon. could talk it would, yes, it would also. Yeah, and you can and, no, and you can move a story through them. No, yes, I mean straight up. Like I mean, they'll be like, "Oh, Ray never had to do that." You're right, and that was actually a problem for Ray for many years. Yes, and I, look, I loved yeah. me, I loved that team of Sakosis and Laparka. I thought oh, that was a oh, fantastic God. tag oh, team, yeah, you know, makeshift yeah. team. I'd, I'd watch them all day if I could. But yes, it, it's one of those things where it's like, and especially you know, foreigners under a mask have it bad because you know, right now it's no offense to uh, Alex Abrahantes. He is, he's not even as good as Sonny Ono. Oh, I was about to say, he's not Sonny Ono. Sonny Ono was better at it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I mean, he'll have the occasional moment on those promos, you know, and it looks like, you know, it looks like uh, uh, Penta is at least trying to do ones in English. But, you know, we need a guy in a mask who is a badass who wins a title eventually in order to rectify making masks awesome and mysterious again. I mean, you know, back in the day, it was the old brawlers going, you know, I have to wear this mask because otherwise promoters won't, won't, uh, won't book me because I might hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. We need somebody in a mask who hurts somebody. That's what we need right now, because otherwise mask guy equals geek. And, and, and I don't know if you got to see the collision match or not, where the, the ex Drago is now under a new name along with gravity walking oh slowly Oh, Aerostar! Oh, Aerostar! That was the that was the six man team. Oh, Drago, Aerostar, and and uh, and and Gravity walking like an astronaut down to the ring. Mm. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Geek gra- yeah, oh, God, it makes sense that Gravity and Aerostar would be like together. Um, Aerostar, I'm amazed he's not in traction at this point. Uh, yes, like, like truly amazed this man's not in traction. I don't know how. I mean, Lucha Underground made guys in masks interesting. It just wasn't a big hit. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> and they also knew how to present them. Yeah, right. And obviously, we have most of the promotion in masks. And but, like, yeah, I, I, I completely concur with you. Mass, mass wrestlers. No one takes him seriously. Uh, and that's how we bring back Wardlow. We bring him back in a mask, and nobody will know who he is. I mean, I don't. I don't hate that. Actually, I don't hate I that about. idea. <laughs> I right, like, 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 like yeah, I. I, I mean, Vader, no, was, technically, I'm not having Vader a was technically in a mask. mask. So, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, I'm not, yeah, like, you put Leon White in a mask, and he's my favorite wrestler, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, baby Bull. Yeah, baby yeah. Baby Bull, Leon White. Um, yeah, Baby Bull, Leon White. Yeah, no, then you put him in a mask, I'm like, oh, this guy can kill people. I love him. Yes, that's actually yeah. very, and his mask blows smoke. That's kind of cool. Yeah. 
Uh, let's end it there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at crapgame13. Oh, I'm sorry, X. X.com. X. X gonna give it to you. At crapgame13. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can follow Chris on Instagram at D O C T O R underscore Nove. That's Dr. Nove calling Dr. Nove. Uh, call <laughs> uh, we are part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network podcast for all your wrestling fetishes. Five star match game, good, bad, hungry. Uh, our new newest show, the Mike and JD show. They came over from Fight Game Media, where I am also at. I do the Dynamite show, five bucks a month. More podcasts over there. If you don't get enough podcasts about stateside wrestling and even uh, New Japan, you can go over there. I do the Dynamite show about 20 minutes after that. You can watch live on YouTube if you don't want to pay, if you're cheap, but I prefer you pay so I get paid for something I do around here. Uh, <laughs> Chris also has interest. He teaches guitar, and uh, and we'll do magic tricks for you if you pay enough. What do you do, uh, Chris? Oh, God. Uh, so there's this <laughs> really nifty one where I take your money and then I disappear. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but um, if you want guitar lessons, you can hit me up. Uh, I am still doing those. I my band just did like our first little like sleeper show, so we might have. I'm gonna try to get us booked around town here. Uh, when is Tramfest? Tramfest, uh, for those of you coming out to the Albuquerque area for Balloon Fest Fiesta, uh, Tramfest begins on Sunday, October 8th, and goes through Saturday the 15th. Actually, I'm sorry, Saturday the 7th through the 15th. The 7th through the 15th is Tramfest. Come out and see my band play uh, October. Yeah, like basically like all through that first week of October, I'll be playing. Going 24-7. Even when the trams <laughs> are closed, you will be playing on that uh, stage. Not not quite, but I, I, I got to be honest. Like like the, the schedule that has been initially pitched to me, I'm like, this is actually going to be the most continuous playing, like in terms of like days in a row of gigging that I've done ever. You got to go be- for the world record. I'm, I mean, honestly, I might just start one song and see how long I can play it. Like, we'll do Can't You See by the Marshall Tucker Band and just beat that thing into the ground. In a gotta defeat it. Yeah, yeah, like... Drum solos. Go. <laughs> Gonna climb a mountain. Because you see we're at the tram. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so. like Marshall Tucker, though. That's Yeah. He's all right. I like his band. We'll talk to you later. Hola, hola, my name is Ricardo. I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.